Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Tricky Kid Radio. I'm your host, Roy Turner. Once again, joined by my longtime friend, Mike DeQuinzio. Mike, welcome. Howdy. Uh, I never say, I don't know why I said howdy. I never say howdy. (laughs) It's ironic that you say howdy because our guest this week is Canadian metal legend Anvil. And when I welcomed them to the show, that's what Lips said. The first word I thought he goes, he said, howdy. (laughs) And we kind of made the joke about how it's kind of appropriate. You never say howdy. I I never, we did not rehearse this. I never say howdy. It just popped in my head because I was looking at my phone. Like for something. <laughs> did, did you did you already hear the my interview I with not. Anvil? I'm not kidding. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, our guests this week are Canadian metal legends Anvil. So very excited to have them, and uh, I'll be bringing that to you uh, here in just a few. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to go over, Mike. What's been going on lately? Uh, like with me or in metal? And how about in how about in the world of metal? <laughs> no one cares about my world. So. Right. No, um, it's been kind of a slow. Metal Week, actually, when okay, the biggest story I could think of is that uh, uh, some story came out about uh, Volbeat when they were opening for Megadeth in the 2012 Gigantor. Yeah. And if you didn't know, Hank Sherman from Merciful Fate is also in Volbeat. And apparently, they were going to bring King Diamond out to do a Merciful Fate song. And oh. I, I'm not a big Merciful Fate fan, so I couldn't tell you what the song title is. Okay, let, let, me, let me stop you right there. I'm a yeah. huge Merciful Fate fan okay. and a huge King Diamond fan, and that would have been freaking awesome that they would have done that. Well, I could probably find it by a little. Uh, <laughs> if I had this device that could just tell me what I want to know at any if, time. If it was only the Jetsons, right? You know. <laughs> but uh, no, anyway, I, I don't know what it is. But it is a bad anyway, uh, because of Dave Mustaine's like new religious beliefs and stuff, he didn't want the satanic lyrics to be sang at his concert. But Megan, <laughs> well, that's crazy because well, I'm a former member of Metallica <laughs> that basically started as a Merciful Fate Diamond Head cover band. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of, that is kind of strange. Well, same thing, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but he won't do The Conjuring anymore in concert because of the lyrics in that song. Oh, which then, is one of the best Megadeth songs of all time. Well, then I'll stop chanting for it because that, <laughs> that's probably my favorite Megadeth song. Well, so. here's the thing also, like uh, Chris Adler, who, you know, Lamb of God drummer, who right. also played on Dystopia, when we saw them in uh, February, right. whatever it was, when, you know, they're here. I had read before they came here that Chris Adler was this close to having him play The Conjuring. Like, he was trying to talk him into it, and he was starting to waver, and it didn't happen. So. But what's it The Conjuring did? I don't, I don't remember that being so I don't think it's crazy. overtly evil or anything like that. I think he's probably a little more touchy than usual uh, yeah. because of his old reborn, rebirth, whatever you want to call it. He uh, doesn't get much more touchier than Dave Mustaine, though. <laughs> you know, it's, he's a hard guy to, to make out. It's just, he, he, people think he's a dick. I, I like him personally. I mean, I, he seems like he's... Oh, he's on both sides of the fence. It's, it's well, hard to say. Well, you know, here's something funny. I, I think I told you this probably off the year before. I, I've had such a, I'm such a polarizing figure myself. <laughs> uh, is that I've had uh, some experiences with Mustaine. Yeah. And and I'm actually happy to say they were all positive, and which was mm-hmm. crazy because I've met people. Uh, I'm not going to name them, but I've met people that you were expecting to be amazingly awesome. And and when I say amazingly awesome, I'm not talking about like standing in line and leaning on a table that this person happens to be sitting behind the Best Buy. I'm talking about a real experience. Right. You know? Probably in the grocery store. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I mean, actually being introduced to them by, by, oh, by yeah. a, a mutual, you know, uh, a person or actually, actually, you know, having some experiences, a real experience. Uh, and, and, you know, with people that you're expecting to go very well mm-hmm. and it does not. And then I, it goes very well with the opposite. So the only thing I really have to add to that is I'm no authority on Dave Mustaine. I mean, even though I've, been listening and buying Megadeth records since I was 12 and, uh, and have seen them in concert many, many times was that, uh, 
and you know, and he and I have have met and have have have, have spoken it. You know, I wouldn't say at length too much, but you know, we've seen each other around and stuff, whatever. Um, was it was during the NAM convention um, in California, you know, in January where they have right. the big the big NAM convention, and Megadeth were playing at the. There's a great place down the road there in Anaheim called the Grove. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and this is where they were having like uh, this big kind of private NAM party for like one of the sponsors or whatever, you know. And uh, he, um, I was backstage, and there was you know just kind of like a handful of people like in the room. And, you know, that were like, I think, I think like Dave Ellison, who's a total sweetheart, of course, he was there and it seems like it would be. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. And in a few other, you know, people that, you know, that were working the show and maybe working with the band, Mustaine walks in, the energy is completely different. People start finding reasons to kind of subtly leave the room. <laughs> and I didn't quite catch the cue of that. Yeah. And so until I found myself basically alone in this room with Mustaine and I was kind of making my way to follow suit. And I, I can't remember exactly how it was, but, but somehow he said something and like, you know, to nobody in particular right. and my big mouth, I responded and I ended up sitting there talking to him for about 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> and he was like, com- like the nicest guy. Like he yeah. was like, like not, and, and I was ready for the bullshit. I yeah. mean, I was ready. I was like, <laughs> Um, and it never came. So, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got nothing but, but good things. Um, so again, we're going to have Anvil, uh, uh, on here, here in a little bit. Uh, very excited ab- about that. They have a new album uh, yes. out this year. Now, if you're familiar with the Anvil lineage, uh, I don't want to give any spoilers given the interview, but, uh, if you know anything about Anvil or if, if you don't, I'll tell you right now, uh, that they have their, all their albums follow this theme, um, which, you know, to various degrees of success. It's kind of like when, you know, those parents that have their children and they do the same letter. Yeah, and kind of, yeah. You know, some people are with that. Some people find that to be, you know, uh, you know, the opposite of the desired effect. Uh, so they do this thing where all their albums are three words and the first and last word begin with the same letter. So it, pound for pound, speed of sound, mm-hmm. metal on metal, of course. Uh, and you know, it, it always kind of makes me chuckle a little bit and it's always kind of, kind of cool and kind of funny. Um, but I really think that they, they have outdone themselves and with the title this time, because the album is called Anvil is Anvil. (laughs) And I love that resolve. Yeah. Okay. Because after a band that's been together for, you know, they've been together for like 35 years now, um, you know, well, eighty-one, yeah, was the first album. So, th- so this is like their, the, you know, the thirty-fifth anniversary of their recording career, at least. I mean, they've right. been together, of course, longer before they put out that first album. But uh, I love that. That it's that. That's a very I don't give a bleep <laughs> kind of like it is what it is. And Anvil is Anvil. It's kind of an insignificant little thing that stick with all these years. Though you know, it's <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the music or anything like that. It's just such a little. Thing, yeah, you, like, you'll you, notice it. Eventually, you know, maybe, but it's, I don't know. It's a weird thing to kind of. I agree with that. It's a weird legacy to, like, to keep upholding. <laughs> well, it's kind of like Chicago, the band Chicago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like, I don't know, you know, maybe they should have at one point, like, named one of those albums. <laughs> Instead of a number? Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if anything about Anvil is their, is it their resolve, their yeah. uh, commitment to, um, you know, to this and to keep going. And so, and, uh, you know, and not really, you know, kind of changing and kind of, you know, just more just kind of like 
put the the you know the pedal to the floor or whatever yeah. and it's i guess you know to them the you know keeping that tradition that title is is important yeah. you know yeah. uh and regardless uh anvil is anvil is a great title and uh if, and i think it's i think it's awesome uh so Oh, and I'm going to play you uh, uh, some songs. We're going to be playing a couple songs from that album, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, their, their tour uh, that's going to be out. I think I think they're out until July, uh, and then I think they're going to pick up again. They just did a, a, an entire European tour with Udo Dirkschneider from Accept, mm-hmm. and there's that great you know stronghold of metal. Whereas, you know, like, I mean, it was a sold out tour. I mean, they were, <laughs> they were raving about it. And whereas, you know, Udo probably wouldn't do as well in the States as he would obviously right. in Europe. And so, uh, so very excited to have the guys in Anvil, uh, and going to play you some new stuff from them. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to mention. There was, uh, avenues here is I went to, I was at Akon, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Japanese anime festival, the largest one in North America, or well, was in Dallas two, uh, two weeks ago. And it's uh, I've you know have have gone you know two or three, three times in different capacities as a member of the press. I've been a DJ there and uh, and everything else. And one thing that was really really cool, and I wanted to ask you about this because okay, this was something I was going to put to you was I was there and it was the same night that where all my hipster friends were over there was watching the band Refused, okay. who I love and have never seen, mm-hmm. and then all my other friends that share my horrible taste were across the street at White Snake. I was at White Snake. <laughs> so okay, thanks for that little plug. Right there. there you go. Okay, and I was sitting at Acon. First of all, how was White Snake? They were fantastic. Okay, uh, okay. Get back to me in a second. Just tell your story. No, no, no. I, I want to hear about White Snake. Well, okay. I, I I knew that this was the greatest hits tour, and I heard rumors this might be the last time to catch him. I was like, well, I never saw White Snake ever. Right, right. Better like than never. His voice is still great. And that was the thing I was worried about. I was like, can he still hit the notes? Yes, he can. Okay. Now, I was thinking about, about oh, that too. Yeah. And given that, okay, I should also say this. Actually, Red Beach and uh, Joel Hoster, I think is his name, awesome guitar players. And Red Beach, he was even having a little off night. Like, he made a couple mistakes and stuff. But even then, it was awesome. Like, his solo was just incredible. And same with uh, Joel Hoster. And the bass player was great. And Tommy Aldridge, just everyone, awesome. Oh, yeah, Tommy voice. Aldridge. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Every single one of them was, was great. Now, you know how, of course, you know this, but like a lot of the older bands, like Rush, for example, right. tune the stuff down a little bit so that you can't hit the notes like you could. Right, sure. Back the, yeah. So some of them were tuned down a little bit, and it worked and wasn't noticeable for most of the stuff. But two songs in particular stood out for the wrong reasons because of that. One of them was um, Is This Love, which I was never a big fan of anyway. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but my God, my favorite White Snake song of all time, Still the Night. Did not sound as good as I hoped it would because of That's a hard down. song to do. Yeah, I know. It still sounded good. But it just wasn't exactly right. So in, in the spirit of giving it, you know, the one to ten thing, I'll give it an eight. You know, okay, but still, right, right, right. it wasn't there. But now, other than that, though, like they're doing "Crying in the Rain" and "Bad Boys" and stuff. There's uh, "Sailing Ships" and "Judgment Day." Wow, Night, so okay, it was okay. the hit show. And oh, dude, uh, was it "Give Me All Your Love" was awesome. Um, "Fool for Your Loving," sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, they sounded great. I was That's glad great. I, went. I was glad it went. Little side note too: the, the opening band was Whitford St. Holmes. Okay, of course, okay. you know, Brad Whitford uh, from Aerosmith. Oh, yeah, Derek yeah. Holmes, yeah. Uh, De Quincio, free out listener, has toured with Aerosmith. Exactly. Now, I never saw Whitford St. Holmes, though, and I was, like, looking forward to seeing him. Then. But Brad Whitford was there. Yeah. yeah he, okay. he was, you know, playing on stage or whatever. Right. So I was like, all right, well, I'll go check him out, whatever like that. I showed up a little late because we were at the Angry Dog before that, eating. Right. <laughs> and I showed up at the very end of one song, and then Brad said something to the effect of, like, oh, we're going to do a couple songs from our, our day jobs now. 
They did a medley of a couple of Aerosmith, a couple of Ted Nugent songs, and then the show was over. So I still haven't seen anything from Whitford St. Holmes <laughs> at all. Well, I mean, but hey, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, my, my point of that was I was saying was was while I was at Acon, I had the, the option of going to one of those two shows. Uh-huh. Okay, and one thing that's cool about Acon is that you're going to get exposed to, to, to something you've never been exposed to before. Right. It's more than just an anime festival. Uh, it's everything. I mean, they have, you know, obviously I said a DJ there. They have the, these late night raves. They have panels. Uh, they have screenings. And they even have shows. Like, I mean, like they actually have, like, bands perform. Right. And it's always at the capacity where it's – and I'm the kind of person where I love anything that I've never heard before that I know I would never be exposed to and something, you know, I don't know a lot about anime or a lot of the, you know, the, the current pop culture of, of Japan, but you know, I know that, okay, what's, what they're going to be offering is going to be a little more exclusive or a little more, and not to mention the parking nightmare. Uh, so right, yeah. I was hoping something was going to have me stay put. Well, there was this, so keep in mind 20 minutes before I see it. Uh, and you guys will be able to see this on, on my website as well. Uh, about 20 minutes before, I have no idea that these two bands ever existed, have no idea what they look like or anything about them, okay? The first one is called Season of Ghost, okay? okay. And that can conjure up, obviously, a, 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 a pretty specific image there, okay? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I didn't know anything ab- about them. I didn't know uh, what they were going to be or anything. And uh, so I was like, I, I, I want to check this out. So I, I, I did, and I went and saw them, and it was uh, led by this this Venezuelan um, uh, singer, uh, Sophia, and she comes out and uh, she was, she's got this kind of like Venezuelan Greek hybrid accent. And it was kind of what you would expect. I mean, it was very, uh, I mean, not that you're expecting anything, but like Mm -hmm. very dramatic, obviously. And they do a lot of soundtrack work for a lot of the anime stuff, but it was, it was very, uh, it was very kind of symphonic kind of metal. But, you know, uh, but, you know, I didn't even, wasn't expecting metal at all. So mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, and this is what, what an idiot I am. Then this, then the next band now, forgive me here because I'm going to completely mess up this, this thing. <laughs> I didn't even know this was a, was a band. In okay. fact, I was going to skip it because it was conflicting with a panel that I was going to be attending during the thing. Uh, and I don't know why this conjured up this image for me. Okay. But, uh, the next band was, again, I'm, I'm going to try it, uh, is Yosai Kiyako. Okay. All right. <laughs> And I, for some reason, thought this was just going to be like some like balding male crooner, like their version of like, <laughs> like the Japanese Joe Jackson or something, which actually would actually be kind of cool. I probably would have stuck around for the Japanese Joe Jackson, but I, yeah. but you know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, I don't know, like kind of like a, uh, just like maybe more of a Japanese Tom Jones. I don't know why <laughs> I thought this, right? She's a lady. <laughs> that is so awful. I'm sorry. That is so awful. I apologize to for my co-host and all my Asian fans out oh, there we'll listening. Out. Yes, <laughs> my goodness. Okay. Oh, you see what you Sorry, think I was a little proud of myself on yeah. that one. It just, you know, sometimes these things you just can't help it till it's out there, and you know. If you want to, if you want to harass Mike, Mike, where can they find you uh, on, on Twitter? You can find me Mike D Rocks seventy four, and uh, just throw all your complaints over that way. Yes, please do. Okay, <laughs> leave Roy alone. Yes. Okay. Anyway, sorry. No, no, no yeah. good things. Thank okay. Uh, so anyway, I, uh, I don't know, and so I was waiting for the panel to start, and I was looking. I hadn't even had a chance to look through the program, whatever. And then there's a picture 
of again Yosai Kiako. I'm sorry, I, I won't right. I won't butcher it again. And it has got to be the coolest picture, uh, a, a promo of any band like ever. Okay, mm-hmm. like ever, like right now. And his whole was it? It's odd because they're Japanese, but it's kind of like. I guess Yosai, again, I promise I wouldn't say it again, but I guess Yosai Kyoko is the Japanese version, but on their merch, they were going by the German uh, pronunciation, which is uh, a Das uh, a Fienreich, okay? okay? So right now on your phone right here, I want you to pull it up here. Uh, and you guys can, can see this on um, on the website. If you, uh, if you go to trickykid.com, you'll be able to see this. Uh, now, now the first word, of course, Das, das D-A-S. Yeah. Second word F E E N R E I C H R E I C H yeah like like, like Sacred yeah. Reich like you know official website yeah well, just go to images just okay. on your on your Google just click images and I, I want to see if it comes up here let me see your thing here so the picture I'm talking about specifically in question your slow ass phone uh, hang on it was it is freaking crazy like I don't know if that's gonna I may have to. I may have to do it here. Um, that kind of does it, but I, re- I really want you to see the one I'm talking about here. But it is. Um, you guys. You guys will be able to see it. It's. It's very similar to. It's very similar to that, but the whole band. Like okay, okay. cool. And it, very kind of Sin City looking. And I, so I was already a fan, and I haven't heard one note. Right? Okay. <laughs> And so think about it. I thought that this was going to be, you know, uh, Lou Vega or something. <laughs> and then suddenly, so this is what I'm getting at. So should I go see Refused? Right. Should I go see White Snake? Or should I stick around to see that? And you stuck around. Oh, that. my gosh. Because <laughs> what else would I, right? Okay. And like, like this, the singer, again, also female-led, she calls her name Empress. Like Empress, I don't want to mispronounce it, I think it's Empress uh, U. Or, uh, and here comes this gorgeous, tiny, but badass uh, uh, Japanese singer dressed like she's ready to invade Poland <laughs> with the, uh, you know what I mean? Kind of like with the, uh, yeah, the, the military cap and the trench coat. Yeah. And the band comes out and it kind of got the, you know, I mean, it was so metal, and it was freaking awesome. Like, what would you compare it to sound wise, though? It was again very symphonic, and again, it's it's meant for anime and, was it and mega. Uh, so, some of it w- was in English, and they would have a um, like they had they would have like a like a thing in the back where you could kind of follow the lyrics and stuff, whatever. Huh. Um, and but here's here was the cool thing that I, w- I was going to end with was that also I might be one of the only people because most of the crowd that were there are were much much younger than I uh, and very into of course the anime thing was it for the very very last song they did the, uh, like like four bars from Pantera's Mouth for War really without saying anything like they didn't go well since you know because she would you know she's not going to go. Um, since we're in, um, you know, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, they're not going to do that. No, he just did it. And he goes, Hey, he goes, oh, thank you, Texas. Cause you could tell that the guitar player was a dime bag disciple. Right. You know? And he was like, I'm, pl- I'm playing where Pantera comes from. Like, I mean, you could, you could, you could <laughs> see on his face that I'm playing where Pantera comes from. And that was his little nod. Nice. But in, in keep in mind where, where am I seeing this? It wasn't at a club. This was in a ballroom at the Hilton Anatole. So I mean, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from me to you from the band, okay? And it was so. So I felt like I had made the right 
decision. <laughs> That's always the best thing, too. That's right. And speaking of Pantera, before we move on, have you heard or have you heard of the new Hell Yeah album where they have a dime is actually playing on one of the songs? Because apparently they recorded a version of uh, I Don't Care Anymore by Phil Collins. I, I, I heard ago. about that, but okay. I, I, I haven't heard it, though. How, I, heard this, it? I haven't heard it. I haven't listened to it yet, but I've heard like sites and everything, or read them, I should say. So it was actually very good, but how could it be bad? You know, Dime is actually on the tracks. Like anyone, you know, you want to hear anything? He has to. Sure, to do sure, now. yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm not a hell yeah fan. I love Mudvayne. I love Pantera, but you know, it's yeah. It, it is. Like, it, it is what it is. Right? Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. it's like avocados and Oreos. They don't mix. They're great separate, but you know. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> I, 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 that's a really great to simplify someone's career. Yeah, there, right. right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I, I, but so, uh, so on to Anvil. Now. Yes, yes. Okay, because I'm excited to talk about the new album, Anvil is Anvil. Uh, they're going to be out on tour uh, all summer long. Uh, you have uh, plenty of chances to catch them. I'm going to play you a song right now that actually leads off the record. Um, it's very, very unique, uh, and it's uh, in their own very uh, kind of fun, kind of, you know, I wouldn't say comical, but, but just... Fun. Anvil is Anvil. Anvil is Anvil. That's right. That's all you need to say. That's all I got. A, you're right. I'm. I'm. Why are you trying to overstate you're it? You're right. Anvil you're is right. Anvil. Anvil is Anvil. <laughs> and this, which actually is totally makes sense now that we've just done that. It's like, well, I get it now. Okay. Anvil yeah. is Anvil. Anvil is Anvil. <laughs> okay. And so this is the first song from the new album, Anvil is Anvil. This is a song called Daggers and Rum.
And that was Daggers and Rum uh, off the new Anvil record. Anvil is Anvil. Mike, your thoughts? I, I think they are Anvil. Yes. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I'll, I'll just be honest right off the bat here and say that I'm not a, I was never a huge fan, but this album was actually better than I expected it to be. I actually liked it. That's not one of my favorite songs on it, but uh, there's there's some great production in here. The bass player is great, Yeah. by the way. Yeah, they have a, new, ba- uh, have a new bass player. There's a song in there called Ups, Up, not Upside Down, excuse me, Up, Down, and Sideways, which this guy has killer fills in there. I was just kind of, I found myself being impressed where I didn't expect to be impressed. Well, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's not really fair. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, going into it, you weren't expecting to be impressed. Well, I didn't like, go into it with a bad attitude with the either, Metal you know? Legends <laughs> Anvil. Listen, I mean, I didn't go into it trying to hate it. You know, even if I did, if I came out saying that, I think it's pretty good. You know, right? I right. think Lips himself would be, you know, all right. Well, he he doesn't, you know, wasn't a total dick. You know, <laughs> well, performance-wise, also these guys kill, and that's yeah. really, really like. Even if there's some songs that may not have stuck out to you on any of the records, when you see the, the actual performance and you see Lips up there smiling, having the time of his life. Yeah. And, you know, the, I could write a whole, you know, uh, book about how what a great drummer Rob Reiner is. I yeah. Mean, I mean, yeah. he was in the annals of, 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 of metal drumming folklore. I mean, he's, you know, treated very, very well. Right. And respected as, as he should be. Um, and you know, and the performance uh, that, like I said, was was so great. You know, they have a very dedicated, you know, fan uh, fan base, and not to mention, but like I said, and it's because the enthusiasm. Yeah. When you're seeing it, it's like a full assault. So even there might be some songs that are kind of like, well, that one didn't really stick out to me. You know, they always yeah. they deliver live, man. Well, you, you know, know, their enthusiasm and their likability almost kind of, I don't want to say it shadows them, I mean, just like, but that's what they are. They're very likable guys. And right. obviously, you know, I hate to bring it up as, you know, well, let's, let's call it what it is. The movie did a lot to present them as people and as likable people. Right. You know, and their tenacity, of course, just really kind of sells them. Well, yeah. You know, you know and, and what's, what's fun about, about that is that you mentioned the movie and that's what, what I love is because there's this whole other chapter about Anvil mm-hmm. since, because I mean, that movie's almost 10 years old. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah it's getting up there. <laughs> like, like the stuff that happened in the movie is like nine years old. You right. know what I mean? And there's this whole other chapter. I mean, this is their third album. I mean, they were working on, of course, thirteen. Uh, this is thirteen. That if you've ever seen, uh, yeah, yeah. If you've ever, if you haven't seen the movie, the uh, the movie is called Anvil: The Story of Anvil, and it's basically about them trying to to really get it together and um, take up take the band up, you know, a notch uh, because the walls were closing in and to kind of reconnect with, uh, with CT, uh, Serengeti's, you know, the guy that produced their earlier stuff in the eighties, a great producer from the late 1970s who produced priests and, and uh, black Sabbath and all that. And to make an album called this is 13. Well, here's the thing is it since then they have made three more albums since then yeah. juggernaut of justice, hope and hell. And now of course the new one that you just heard, uh, the album anvil is anvil. Right. So that's think about that. I mean, so their whole thing is like if you thought, well, that was just for the movie, that that's that's ludicrous. They're no, no. still doing it. They're <laughs> still Anvil. When I heard that there's a sequel in production called The Story of Anvil is the Story of Anvil. It, I'm you? totally kidding. I'm doing yeah. stupid. <laughs> but you know what? If you listen, to, listen to the interview, there, there actually uh, are talks about a, 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 a sequel. Really? So you'll have to kind of hang out for that. 
I'm very excited to bring you uh, uh, Lips and Rob Reiner uh, from Canadian Metal Legend Anvil. And uh, I'm going to do, we got to do a couple plugs here to kind of keep the lights on. I wanted to mention to you, and then we'll get right to it. Uh, first thing I wanted to mention was that you do know that I, Roy Turner, have made my color commentary debut in the sport of professional wrestling. I did know that, yes. Yes. Passionate about wrestling my entire life. Uh, getting the chance to join the broadcast team with IHWE, uh, based out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, part of the NWA is uh, is uh, a lifelong realization for me, and I had such a blast doing it. I'm a born heel, uh, <laughs> so that was a great, great, great thing. And, e- and uh, even if I wasn't involved in that capacity, I wanted to tell you uh, that their biggest event of the year is July 31st. It's going to be at the Ridgely Theater in Fort Worth. It's called Old School Hustle. And what's cool about that is they bring some of the older guys back. Uh, in the past, they've had like Stan Hansen. Who was, was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame this year? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Cornette. Uh, it's going to be a great, great event. It's for all ages, and uh, tickets are very affordable. I think uh, I think they're like they started like ten bucks. Uh, go to IHWE Wrestling, and uh, and you, I think tickets are, are going to go are going to start to go on sale. I believe next week, but just stay tuned to this show uh, and to TrickyKid.com. And IHWE to get your tickets to Old School Hustle happening July 31st in Fort Worth, Texas at the Ridgely Theater. Uh, it's also, another great event coming up. I went to, um, you know, I'm a big, big uh, sneaker enthusiast, and mm-hmm. I went to the to the Kickspo event, which is the the largest uh, sneaker convention. I get it, Kickspo. You know your kicks, uh, right? Gotcha. Right. right. Good. Good. <laughs> um, anyway, and uh, anyway, and I met uh, this this great artist. That um, see here. Hang on one second here. Uh, sorry about that. I just want to get my mic up a little better. Uh, I met this great artist while I was there, um, and uh, her name is uh, is Carla Sabios, uh, and she is. I was so impressed with her. Not only is she an artist, she's an activist. Um, I don't think there's much she can't do. She's just one of those original badasses. You know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, for sure. But but young and just driven and smart and just instead of talking about it, uh, you know, she's 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 doing it. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so she's part of this thing. Uh, it's called uh, Meta. I believe it's M A Y T A. And we, we did the Prince. Uh, tribute, and you know, people don't realize that his wife's name was Maite, right? Uh, which is spelled almost kind of like this it's M A Y T A instead of T E. Uh, anyway, uh, so they're gonna be doing this thing on June 18th, which is uh, this Saturday. And uh, I, I was, I just want to read you the card here. It says, Meta is a blend of Latin American culture expressed in musical patterns from Mexico to Peru to all the cosmic race. Meta is a heavy bass on rock and roll while adding Latin groove to their music. Nominated and awarded for the Best Latin Act at the Dallas Observer Music Awards in 2013. Uh, it looks like a band from Lima, Peru called uh, La Indita is going to be playing. Uh, lots of artists, like-minded people. It's just going to be a great, great event. and I, I'm very excited about going to this. So I encourage uh, anybody out there. It looks like you can get tickets ahead of time uh, at www.chasquisgroup.com uh, chasquisgroup.com uh, it's only 7 bucks in advance 10 at the door uh, you can get a good balcony seat for 25 if you're so inclined there uh, so wanted, wanted to mention that and uh, say hello to Carla Sabios when you're there she's very very talented 
and I'm looking forward to great seeing great things from her. Another great artist that was there, uh, a girl named Valerie Gonzalez. Um, she was amazing. Uh, I watched her actually uh, direct. She's more of like a like a director where she's like she's the, the visionary. Mm-hmm. She envisions um, like art and stuff, and then she puts a team together to actually realize it. And they were some of the prizes you could win. Hit raffle drawings up that you could win was one of the pieces uh, that Valerie does um, with a art collective called Dripped. And uh, Valerie Gonzalez, it was it was unbelievable. I, I want you guys to check it out. Go to www.getdripped.com. That's G-E-T-D-R-I-P-T.com. Uh, you can find them also on Twitter uh, at, the, at the same thing, G-E-T-D-R-I-P-T. Uh, and last but not least, um, at the Anvil Show, I met this amazing guy named Mike Wilson. Uh, he's part of the uh, the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill okay. uh, family there, the Gas Monkey Life thing. But he has this glass business uh, where you probably may have, have at least seen, if not purchased, some of their products. Uh, it's called uh, DrinkWithTheLivingDead.com. And they make glass. They've done stuff for Rob Zombie. They've done stuff for Metallica. Uh, all kinds of amazing stuff. You ever seen that one puss head uh, drawing uh, drinking glass from Metallica? That's them. Oh, okay. They did it. Uh, drinkwiththelivingdead.com. Uh, they're hand-etched, uh, American-made, uh, just awesome, awesome stuff, whatever. So go to drinkwiththelivingdead.com uh, and uh, check them out, man. Some great, 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 great stuff there. Um and I would be remiss, of course, uh, if I didn't mention this, this horrible tragedy that's happened uh, in, um, in Orlando, of course, that, you know, that over this past over over the past weekend. Um, and the reason what I wanted to mention was was because a lot of people, of course, got, got killed. A lot of people got hurt uh, and they're in dire need of blood donors down there. Uh, I myself am actually am, am uh, AB negative, which is one of the rarest blood types uh, that they're actually looking for. They're looking for O negative, O positive, and AB plasma, actually. Uh, and so um, there's going to be uh, potentially, maybe out of Dallas, a, a, if you're from the Dallas area, a chartered group of us that are going to go to Orlando. Um, but even if you don't join us, uh, if you're in Florida, primarily where you can get there now, I urge you to dial 1-888-936-6283. And you also can go to uh, oneblood.com. And also, uh, if you're on Twitter, go to the at symbol course in my one blood. Uh, Orlando needs you. They need all of us. uh, And I'm going to do the best that I can. And if you can can, can help out there, that would be amazing. Uh, So anyway, so after uh, uh, all said and done, Anvil is Anvil. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm pleased to bring you Lips and Rob from Canadian Metal Legends Anvil. All right, so hey, we're in Dallas, Texas here. I'm excited that our guest this week, we got Lips and Rob from Anvil. Welcome, guys. Howdy. <laughs> what is happening? I guess it would be appropriate given you know, geographically that we're in Texas, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, when was the last time you guys were here in Texas? About a year and a half ago. Yeah. About a year and a half ago, yeah. 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 I think it was here, right? Because I think I was actually was was up that show. About yeah. a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. that was a missing point. But now you're here promoting a brand new album. 
And let me tell you something. With all due respect to your entire catalog, I've always liked how you do the, you know, the theme where it's the three letters and the first and the last letter is the same letter. And all those have been very clever. But I think that you finally got it perfect this time. <laughs> the new album, and what I'm talking about is because the new album is called Anvil is Anvil. <laughs> I actually laughed out loud when I heard that. In a good way. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's very, it's, 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 it's perfect. It's like, you can say whatever, what kind of this, what happened to this guy, but Anvil is Anvil. And we bless you. And we will, yes. And we plan never to change. And so that's what, what's so great is that you know you have now your legacy is that as well as the music is the the, the dedication, obviously the the, the carrying on. But one thing I love though is that if you guys were introduced to people just via the, the movie, if you guys haven't seen Anvil, the story of Anvil it came out in 2008 or 9. It's a fantastic documentary. Um, regardless of your musical taste, it's just a great, a great, great story. Um, but if somebody was introduced to you guys just from that, what I love is there's a whole other chapter now. There's a whole there's a whole new chapter since then. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, eight years. Now. Yeah, and three and three albums. Right, right. So, okay. So, if we were, if there was a sequel to the movie, and to fill them in on the last eight or nine years, what would what would be something that you would immediately point to? Probably that we haven't had to have a regular day job since then. Yeah. Which is better than we ever did before. Never. No, the band has become a shitty day job. Yeah. And we love it. Well, you know, here's the deal. When you guys were, were, were going for the, the first three albums, the movie almost kind of gives the impression that you never had the right organization in terms of the business side of things. No, and that is true. Ever. Right, ever. I mean, like, ever. now, uh, you guys don't know that much about me, but my, my... And actually, even to this day, not really. It's going it's to still, still waiting for that real break. <laughs> no, right, I'm, no I, I understand. I'm, I'm, until that happens, you don't get the chance. Well, it's just the way it works. Right. You can have the greatest album, if you don't get that, uh, that tour with as, as a support to a big major, major fucking artist, right. and you're really doing the circuit, you never gain the credibility. You won't right. get the credibility unless you get that. Well, no matter you... how good your record is, no matter how much it sells, right. you won't get the credibility that these guys are, are big. Yeah. Unless you play the big places and do it on a consistent level. Okay. And that doesn't mean, okay, we opened for Metallica this week in Singapore, and we did uh, two weeks with Socks, and we did four shows with ACDC. We did, that's not a break. Radically, right, of course, right, sure. What a break is, is when you go up with Black Sabbath for fucking 50, for the whole tour, right. 50 60 right. shows, and you're playing to a minimum of fucking 20,000 people a night. Well, That's getting afraid. Well, let me say this. You guys don't know that much about me, but my, my background is actually in the music industry. Okay, so I, I, I so that was the question that I had was because you have to have the right manager, you have to have a good booking agent, 
and then you have to have a good publicist. You, you don't have those three things. Separately. Yeah, but even with those three things, even with those three things, if you don't get the break, like sure. But these are the people that, that get it for you. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they can yeah. get it for you. Publicist changes everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. We don't have a good problem. So I'm saying, well, you guys, you guys never had that. That's my, my point. Like even yeah, during hard and heavy and all that, you guys have never had those things in play. Yeah. During the movie period of time, of course, we have great publicity, fantastic. But how do you? There's nothing to keep it. Nothing in place after it was finished, right? To keep it going at all, even though it had high. Uh, high stature. Right. Where's the people to pick up where it's being left on? Sure. Okay, but why? That's what I'm saying. I mean, because I mean, it's America and it's the wrong <laughs> time, the wrong place and time. Right. Sure. 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 It's you know it's not 1982. Right. But you would think though when, when they you know it did help the band in many ways. Ben has to become our day jobs. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I love that. Okay? There's no question about it. We can sustain the existence of black kind of shows, even if it's for small and promoted things. People still come. Right. And we do what we got to do to survive. That's what this is all about. Yes. Yeah, we yes. really deserve more, should have more, and we will get more. That's right. It just hasn't happened yet. Well, I'm on your, I'm definitely on your side. It's the end of the world. I'm yeah. still alive. Yeah. People around me are dying. Well, that's what I, I. That's kind of what I wanted you guys to hear, is because I want people to know that you guys are still out there. This, you know, after you watch the movie and you go home, Rob and Lips are still doing it. They're still out there. We're right here. You guys are going to play a show tonight. You put out a record this year. Bless you, man. It's unbelievable. And, and, and you know, we just finished fifty solo shows supporting Dirk Schneider here. Yeah, that's why yeah. we just came off. Yeah, that's like that. That's what we were saying. That was a break. That was a break. Right. Well, okay. America has not happened yet that way. Well, who knows? But you know, we got to come here and visit and we will. We got to do whatever we can. Right. In the meantime, yeah. it doesn't mean oh, we didn't get it. We quit. <laughs> we didn't get it. That's right. We got to work harder. There's fans down here who are here and we'll come you, maybe whatever it is. Sure. The Marine. <laughs> yeah, that's why we do it. Right. And sometimes it's a little more promotion. Well, you, know, you said something in, in the movie that I've always have, have known that I was happy to see you say was you said, I think you were at some like open air festival and you were like, you know, this is the stronghold. This is where, this reason why this, this music which kind of played all these people because they've kept it alive. Right. And so that's why you guys went to Europe with recently with Udo Dirk Snyder, probably you know, with well, no, Europe has been has been our our financial backing for forty years. Right. It's, kept it's not. Alive. It's not. We're not talking about this year or just last year. It's been like forty that. fucking years. <laughs> now, okay. So you, you did put out the record uh, Anvil is Anvil on a new label this year. Because you went with uh, you went with a couple. No, we were on the same label that we were on in Europe. Yeah, we just dropped our U.S. Our U.S. I see. I see. U.S. Okay. And Steve right? No, it was a It was an American label that we were on with called the Ends. Right. We decided, which was a pretty easy decision to make, when the label goes, we want you for the world because we think we could do a better job. Right. 
it's all syncopated everywhere, and we won't have shit going up out the door before before it's been promoted, and we'll be able to control everything, and everything will come out in a proper fashion. I see. I see. That made a lot of sense to me, considering in all the years that we've been in the business, we've never had one label do it all. Gotcha. Gotcha. Which wow. is a nice difference. That means on a worldwide basis, everywhere except in Japan. That means every fucking country except for Japan. Right. It came out simultaneously. Japan came out four weeks later because that's just the way it was. Right, right, right. Of course, that, that I, I definitely turned, know for I sure turned from experience. My, I, I turned my own record contract in Japan because that's just the way it is. What is that? It's not part of the world. That's the way it works. Right, no, I, that I know for sure. Unbelievable. That's indicated to me quite satisfied with it. Right. Which is very unusual to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. It's true. It's true. I wouldn't say I was when the guy came out. It was the same. He was like, right? Yeah. 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 Ye
That's funny. Okay, thank you. I'm glad that you corrected me on that one. Though. Okay. Okay, but when you guys were sitting there with that guy, we didn't expect anything. You know, you know what's really, really fascinating? My the, the director of the movie goes, "I got you. I've got. I, I I had somebody do some research and I got you an interview." said all that, what actually eventually transpires is they wanted the songs. Yeah. Especially after the movie, then the, the you know, the, the, movie. the, the head of the head of EMI has called in the guy, what the fuck did you do? Plus, yeah. You know, that was the first thing. Right. And the guy became a villain to the public. Anyway, we're sitting in a, in a fucking bar. We're sitting in the bar and the, the guy's there. Like, right. And in, in Toronto. In Toronto. Okay. And, and uh, the director Took his lines out of the movie from and used them, used them, used them. and used them against him. <laughs> Part, what, what but but now the, now the beautiful outcome of all of it. Um, once, of course, thirteen came out. We had deals with VH1, Sony Records, BMG. It, it went out. It got distributed worldwide. EMI, the guy from EMI, goes, "Listen, man, I'm going to print you five thousand copies." Just because we feel we owe you, we're giving you, giving you that. Okay. No, you shouldn't have given me that. No. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you basically 5,000 copies of your record, your CD, for zero money. We're going to print them, give them to you for free, you sell them. Okay. We don't know okay. No. What were your suspicions at that point? The winners. Okay. Next thing you know, a truck pulls up, drops off five thousand copies of the CD. And then, okay, so that's the scene in the movie where you guys were transferring it from the back of the van. Oh, no, 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 this is already after that. This okay. Already, okay. So, I mean, we've still got quite a number of those CDs. Obviously, you're not going to get rid of that kind of number. <laughs> so how many? Fast, so yeah. how many copies of This Is Thirteen have sold today? You know, that's really difficult to say. But, but if you had to give me a ballpark. I'd say over 25,000. 
I mean, I mean, do you realize we live in an era where you sell? I mean, twenty five thousand is equivalent to it would, a million records. It would break the top. It would break the top twenty. Like, you know, maybe even the top ten. You know, I mean, like if a record debuts on one weekend and sells forty thousand copies, you're the top five. Right. So, and we'll have the top twenty records. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a sense. Right. Right. In I, a I sense. Know. Because it, it just has to be standard. It, right. it would have had to have done it all at once. I don't. I don't. In a, in a couple of weeks, fun. right? Not yeah. over. Not right, over right. a year and a half. But it's, sure. It's like, okay. But now here's what I love. Though. Here's here's where you have my undying respect. You already had it before because I was a fan of the original. You know, back in the day. But okay, there there hadn't been a period where. You know, the movie is blowing up, and you guys were doing shows with ACDC and doing download festival and all that. And then at some point, the cycle of the hysteria around the movie started to die down. And it, it, it kept you, like I said, still afloat. So things weren't back to where they were pre-movie. But, you know, the, the, the cycle of the hysteria of the movie was over. So, so a part of you could have maybe have said, well, if it can't be at that level from now on, I'm going to stop. No, did, it, no. did it ever occur to you at all? Never. First of all, you could, there isn't a record company that could ever, ever kept up with a movie yeah. to keep that kind of keep sure. that kind of momentum. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, but I'm just saying, not possible. Right, okay. It's just not fucking, not even, okay. not even close. You can't compare movie to music. Right, okay. Movie, movie is is a hundred times the size in its promotion and everything about it. Okay. Now, if you haven't got, I mean, you would have needed Capital or, 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 or Sony Records to have invested two and a half, three million dollars into keeping that promotion alive right. in order to keep up with what the movie did. Okay, okay. But Not yeah. possible. Yeah, but yeah, but what I'm saying it, is... It wouldn't, it wouldn't no, financially work itself out because you can't sell CDs okay. like you used to okay. either. So I get that, like, but what I mean is, is it where you ever think things. Other thing. The movie, the movie fame does not wane and does not go away. No, it doesn't go away. And, and in fact, and in fact, it does the exact opposite. Listen to what I'm saying. I hear you. Okay. If you think about a movie like Ben Hur, how many people have seen Ben Hur to this day? Came right. out in what '62. Right. Sure. How many people have seen it now? Right. Okay. Millions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's big debut in its day. Right. It's only a few hundred thousand, maybe a million in its day. But in comparison to the hundred million that I've seen it today, okay. that movie was a little baby, nothing. Right, right, right. And that, in, 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 in essence, is precisely what I'm talking about. The same thing here. People are still discovering that Amber movie to this fucking day. And, it will and I love not, that. I love it that. It will not go away. Well, no. And not only did it shatter us. Not only, not only did, did after the initial out, and it was in theaters, which very, very few and far between documentaries ever go out in the theater. That's right. All, That's right. The thing went out for months and months. And, and with the attraction that you guys were playing live after the screening. Right. And yes. that. that was a phenomenon in itself. Sure. Okay, so now all of this in the past, but then from that, it goes to DVD, it goes right. to regular TV. Right. What happens then? Yeah. Yeah. 
We go to fucking Germany. It's been on regular TV. I can't walk down the fucking street. That's, that's okay. That's, so that's amazing. I it, love that. Did it wane? Yeah. No, it actually before it's going to wane, it needed to blossom into what it is. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. And that's really well. What, here we are, eight years later. Right. Well, it's still sustaining. I'm still. I'm still. On the back of that movie, I have not been off the road. I have not stopped recording. I have, I have record companies. Everything is in place that wasn't in place. It changed everything. I'm a real legitimate man. I have the respect of people like fucking John Paul Jones, fucking, you know, Roger Glover telling, telling me and Rod, we're legends. They're trying to tell me. You are. He's trying to tell me I'm a fucking legend, and I'm talking to him. What? Well, what about me? I'm telling you, you're a legend. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but you have to understand. I do. It's not like I've sold a million records, right. or ten million records that smoke on the water. Here. You know yes, what I'm saying? I know. And yeah, this, this is this is what the guy is saying to me. Yeah. Who did that? Yeah. It's just artistic response. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't put a price on that. You can't put a measure on that. And that's a lot of stuff that you can't quantify. Uh, that's right. That's right. What I was trying, I was trying to word it was this though. I was trying to word it like, of course it doesn't go away. You would, you know, like you said, it's only going to grow. What I mean is, is that there probably was a period where there was more of a sense of urgency to it. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Because it's hot on the heels. That's gotta, what I'm trying to say. You gotta. Well, when the iron's hot, you got to do the press. That's right. So we went out on, on, on what we called the popcorn tour all over all over America, playing with the movie in the theater, which, fuck, no one ever did that. And I, I thought that was very, very groundbreaking. I actually went to a theater, and I saw the movie, and the curtain ended, and you guys came out and did, like, three or four songs, and uh, I, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like... Yeah, it is. It's it was very pioneering. I wanted to tell Rob. I wanted to tell you both a quick, a quick little story. Um, again, I have a um, my history is in the music industry, and I have a long tenured relationship with the band Clutch from uh, the DC area. And uh, and we, uh, uh, well, I should say they, I should say, uh, I happened to be in London, England. Uh, I guess around right around the time of the movie because I had watched the movie on the plane on the way over. Okay. And Clutch did a show with Anthrax, and I think it was Life of Agony. It was, you know, how they have that boat during the the, the, the Golden Hammer, the Golden God Awards, okay? And then they have that boat that goes down the, the Thames River, the docks there where they have it, and they'll have like a show there. Well, I was there with Clutch doing that, and then it was like, it seems like it was like the next day or something. Uh, Anthrax was doing another show over at the Union London College, and they did a handful of shows. Well, this is what this is what I'm leading up to. Uh, is that they did a handful of shows with this other singer guy after John Bush and yeah, Dan, whatever. And anyway, and so you know, you know, like when you watch a movie that kind of you know touches you or it, it, it affects you in some way, you'll find yourself thinking about it, right? Okay. Well, I had just watched the film on the plane over, and I'm like walking over to the college, and uh, you know, and I'm thinking about you guys, and I'm thinking about the movie and everything else. And I walk in, and I get a beer, or whatever, and I kind of get in place, and I look up, and you two fucking guys were standing right in front of me. <laughs> 
I thought I had somehow willed you into existence. Because I was kind of like, you know, like when you, you know what it is, like you watch a movie and it's on your mind and you're thinking about it. And I was like, I wonder if those guys ever played here. And, and I looked up and you were you were literally right in front of me. And I was just like, do I say something? Do I say anything to these guys? Like, hey, I just saw your movie on the way over here, you know? And uh, I, I chose to leave you alone and let you, let you enjoy the show, but I thought that was kind of a funny coincidence. And you, you guys remember that show, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and it was, it was. I remember thinking how crazy, how packed it was, because you know, because it was some, some lean years for Anthrax uh, during that time, and and I remember that you guys, people were starting to really. I, I bring that up not just for my own personal thing, but. Uh, people were recognizing you guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, big time. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That's why I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, okay. I'm not the only guy who's seen this movie. <laughs> you know, before all of us, you know, who knows who Anvil is. You know? Unbelievable. Like, you were saying that in Germany. I didn't even look at it. It's fucking crazy. You're in the UK, man. It's like fucking... So, well, and even here, really, yeah, the unfortunate aspect of the United States is that we've got all this fame, and no one's no one's buying into it and supporting it. And that's kind of like there's rarely barely a rock station in in Dallas. You know, the history of rock and roll, where the techno jam in the late seventies, and this is where Pantera comes from. And there's there's nary a rock station in this town. And it's so it's like when I go, when I travel to Europe and everything else, it's like, ah, oh, these are my people, you know. Uh, now let's, let's bring it, let's bring it to the present, okay? Again, if if there, tell me some, you know, you guys came out with Juggernaut of Justice, then Hope and Hell. Yeah. Now it's Anvil is Anvil. And this is their team. We call it both. We call it their core, our big core, and we build a lot of music for them to make these records. Right. Just how we do that. And it's really getting like it's we're like ground zero almost. We're there. Yeah. You know, we just gotta keep this style up. This is what everybody loves about it. Well, this is like a marriage. It's a musical marriage. It's a, a lifelong friendship. Uh, I have been very lucky that I've had the same best friend for almost thirty years as well. And that so that the story spoke to us in that regards as well. You know, and, but. When you look back on, let's say, just like the last like eight years of the career of the band, like what is what is the knee jerk thing you it's think of the best part of the whole year? Really, especially for myself. That's unbelievable. But how so? I mean, I love hearing that. Everywhere, became my day job. I'm gonna do what I love to do. I get to play all the time. I get to meet people like you. And the respect. Right. It's getting the accolades for all your hard work from people who really need them. Yeah. Okay, there's a difference. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I know the fucking difference. (laughs) When it comes from the heart, you feel it. And a lot of people really want to tell you that. That feels good. They really buy the music and they rock it. A lot of people do really love the music. Fucking hard work. It's not all just about perfecting the show, all the show. We really make the fucking music. Yeah. And we also do the musicians that are doing the music. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's in that world level, too, where it's about the musicians. 
Sure, sure. Sometimes more than the music. And you guys like to have a new bass player. Yes. Okay. So in spite of all the success, you guys still lost two of the guys that were in the, <laughs> in the movie. This is a circumstance that like we should have. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm just having some fun there. But yeah, and it's not. People get sick. But people aren't going along doing this. Yeah. You know, this is not fucking easy. Oh, I know. It seems like it. I put in the miles, trust me. Right. Yeah. 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 But one thing I also I love is that I also have gone through the thing where like I have you know, obviously the work ethic is not in question. And I've gone to that where I've worked my ass off to achieve something that I dreamed about where my family or my friends might not even think that I even had a job. You don't you don't can imagine how much work I do. So I want you to walk me through the moment when you were like the validation from your family, when you were able to pay your sister back. Uh, if you haven't seen the yeah. film, I don't want to give it a spoiler away, but you'll see what I mean. Like when, you know, because I'm sure you went through that in your life, like, well, when is Stephen gonna, you know. You know what's really interesting because I was actually talking about, about some of that earlier. It wasn't a, it wasn't it wasn't that much of a win. Yeah. As I hoped it would have been. Yeah. Um, to explain um, of course we were working to try to do a sequel and they filmed they filmed my mother before she passed away. Oh, okay. Uh, about how she felt about what had happened and what the movie did and everything. Yeah, that was my question to you. And in, in her discussion, it was actually extraordinarily heartbreaking. Because the truth was, she had no fucking hope at all. No, no hope, no fucking belief, nothing, zero. And, and all it was was at the end of it, wow, he did it, I can't believe it. He did it, I can't believe it. But he actually, maybe, maybe he was a genius, like his other two brothers. Maybe, wow. On your own terms, though. What's that? On your own terms. Yeah, but that's what that's exactly what my case friends said. But said the difference between your brothers and you, they went to school and they had it almost guaranteed that they finished the right. They're gonna be successful. You didn't have that. You went and fucking fought the world on your own fucking terms and won one. That's a much higher fucking higher achievement. You at the end that's right. That's right. And I said that may very well be. So it doesn't feel that way what your mother says. Well, you're almost compared, and I'm surprised. It's still that's what you have to but be on your the, on, on, on the other side of it. I never did it for my for my mother. I did it for myself and to prove my my parents and everybody who didn't believe that I was going to do it to prove them all wrong. That's right. A major, major, major my is derived that energy. Well, if you knew me on a personal level, you would you imagine how much that speaks to me. Okay, not on a rock and roll level, not on whatever, on a personal human level. I couldn't, I couldn't exaggerate how, how much that speaks to me. 
how much that inspired you? Well, that's what, you know, and, and you know, it's all during the years that I was, I, I, I could, my parents made me feel that I couldn't dare ask them for help. I was, I was given that as my, for my background. It's like, you want to do this? You're on your own. Don't come to me for a fucking dime. Don't even think about it. Because they didn't approve of it. They approved of it like if it was like something else that they got no, approved never, they never approved of it. Right. And the, I don't, we don't approve of it. You want to do it, it's your, your fucking business. But don't come to us with your fucking problem. Because if you're going to have problems, we see it, and that's the way we see it, and we're not going to see it any other way. Did, did so, your sister get any kind of flack from the family when she made the decision to fund the record? No, because by then, by then, um, they saw that there was a, a movie. Right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 you're right about that. I guess you're right about that, yeah. Well, it's kind of awesome. If any time that we can probably be safe in, in lending money, it's probably now because it's going to have this movement and you'll probably do well enough and be able to pay back. But, and what a great In a fucking blank, dude. Yeah. That was, that was fucking done. In, got you. In you're right first, about that. In the first fucking two, three weeks, right. paid back yeah. gone. Done. Now, with all due respect to your sister, she kind of comes off as a bit, a, a bit yeah, she, negative. She, she, she made herself. Yeah, we were talking about that too. Yeah, she's vilified herself. She and made and made herself ambiguous. You couldn't tell who the fuck it was. So you even if you saw her on the street, you'd never know for sure. <laughs> so there was a, there was a level of being coward about it, of taking a poke at her brother and her and his band. Is that why she wore sunglasses? sunglasses so, yeah. so she could do it fucking anonymously. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. I always thought she was just trying to be cool or something, like, you know, wow. like it was like a bit of a pose or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess everybody takes it. You know what? You know, you know what? You might have you might have said that. You could have said that before she filmed that segment where she said that we're a bunch of losers. Because it came in two different sections. There was a section where she talked about Robbo not being friends since we were little kids and all that. Right. That was fine. That was before she lost her shit. Let's okay. put it that way. Okay. She went and lost her shit because she wasn't getting the attention anymore from from everybody because now her big brother is getting all the attention. So therefore now she's got to she turn her fucking turn her face and fucking demand it. From the director, you've got to come and do this interview. And he just sat there going, holy shit. Listen, to the, listen yeah. to the venom coming out of it. Oh, wow, okay. Well, he saw a story you there. Want, you want to do that? Okay, fine. That's what you did. That's so she vilified herself. So everybody thinks she's a fucking she's an asshole and a fucking mean-spirited. It That's what she did to me. herself. You know, it's not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, now... Uh, last but not least here. Okay, so I love it when like a lot of people ask me in interviews, like, okay, so what's next or what's the goals? Where you guys are like till death do us part, man. You guys are like, let's rock. So, so uh, when, yeah. when that's the when that's the goal, uh, I guess the goal is the journey, right? Like, you know, like moving well, the, forward. The, the, the journey has always <laughs> been to make the heaviest fucking music we can for as long as we can and never sell out or give in. 
do the fucking business. And you still have it. And I, still have, I have so much respect for that. Rob and Lips uh, from Anvil. Thank you guys so, so much. The album is called Anvil is Anvil. And I'm so proud of you guys, man. And I'm so proud that uh, uh, you guys are still out there kicking so much ass. I can't thank you guys enough for being here. No problem. Just wait, man. Of Thanks course. Absolutely. And again, I want to thank uh, Lips and Rob uh, Reiner from Anvil. Uh, man, those guys are really inspiring. I mean, they, I always thought so. You know, after the movie, I mean, like I said, I, I keep I keep harking back to the movie, but that's what most people's exposure to them is. I mean, well, well, lately, inspiring of movie and their you know their their uh, perseverance and stuff. It just yeah, it's crazy inspiring, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I loved about it. And as you heard in the interview. Was that you know we keep making the joke about Anvil is Anvil, uh, which is so perfect for the for the title, but the the perseverance, like you said, yeah. the the dedication that you know, and I even asked him if you, if you heard we heard in the interview was that because I thought maybe uh, that after the hysteria had maybe had waned a little bit, yeah. or at least the urgency, and as you heard, he was quick to correct me that you know, dude, the uh, the hysteria really didn't die down because it made it on to German television. So he can't even walk down the street now in Germany. No, oh, really. You see what I'm saying? Because it's like it's on their version of VH1. So it's like anytime you turn on the TV, that movie's on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so for him, maybe for us, the hysteria has died down. But I think for everybody, maybe the urgency. And so that was that was my question: was after the urgency died down, was there? And it was no deflation. They yeah. just went made another record, and then they did another <laughs> tour, and made another record, and then now they made another one. Uh, and again, we've been talking about it. It's called Anvil is Anvil. I'm going to end with this one. Uh, one more song. Uh, probably you mentioned this was probably your favorite song on on the new record. Which one is this? Uh, it was, <laughs> what you should say. Which one you should? There was a couple of them. There was a um, what's it called? Runaway Train. You like that one? I like that one. Uh, Ambush, which I thought was kind of a like. I hate to. Say, I don't mean this as an insult, but Motorhead Light. Oh, and the, and the I, don't, was, I don't uh, think that they would be offended yeah, by yeah. that at all. <laughs> well, actually, and okay, that one, that song in particular, was very. The spirit of Motorhead and the chorus is very Judas Priesty. Yeah, and that's kind of a running thing throughout the entire disc. You know, yeah, disc. I'm, I'm from the '80s, right? But yeah, you know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so were they. So were they. <laughs> they are the, the Motorhead influences there. The Priest influences there. It's it's pretty much all throughout the album. Well, you you know that that Lemmy asked Lips to join Motorhead no. in, in the early '80s. I didn't know that. Yes, actually. <laughs> uh, they're great. F- Friends, you know, Lemmy, Lemmy's in the movie where he, you know, one of the first uh, testimonies you, you hear in that movie is from Lemmy. Yeah. And whenever they went through a lineup change, he had asked Lips to join Motorhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and just to tell you how dedicated to Anvil Lips Kudrow is. Uh, again, bless them. Um, uh want to thank them. We'll be back uh, with uh, some final thoughts and uh, and some more information about us here in a second, but I, I want to play you one more song from the new Anvil record. This is a song called Ambushed off the album Anvil is Anvil.
again, great, great track, Ambush, from the new album. Anvil is Anvil. Go check it out, man. And again, they're going to be on tour all summer long. Uh, just an inspiring band. It's been still kicking ass for all of us for 35 <laughs> years and ups and downs and baffling uh, uh, obstacles that they've overcome. And so, uh, so, and they're still out there doing it. So people complain all the time, man. It's like, if you want to rock, uh, just go rock like these guys. Uh, I give you a chance to see them all summer long um, in the States. Uh, and then I think that they're going to, uh, I think they have another, another tour coming up in the fall. But again, Anvil is Anvil. Uh, now, Mike, again, uh, you can find us, of course, on the webs at uh, www.tricky-kid.com. That's T-R-I-C-K-Y-K-I-D.com. Okay. And also on tw- on the on the Twitters, uh, if you go to Twitter, if you go to uh, my handle is uh, at sign, and of course, it's Tricky Kid in the number two. Where, the, where can they find you? Uh, Mike D. Roth, 74. And that's on Twitter. That's on Twitter. Okay. Also, uh, the show is free to subscribe, to download, everything. The best thing to do is go to iTunes, type in Tricky Kid Radio. It'll come right up. Click subscribe. Episodes just like this will, will pop up uh, in your uh, your iTunes feed uh, for free every single week. Now, if you're not a, a iTunes user, uh, fret not, my friends, <laughs> because you can also can stream it for free from our website. Um, and also if you're on Facebook, just go to tricky kid radio podcast, click like, and there'll be a link right there and off you go. Again, I want to thank my co-host this week, Mike DeQuinzio. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you so much for being here. Uh, and until next week, uh, we'll see you then.